in the house this morning. Well, uh, I bet you're wondering what my shirt says. It says, World's Greatest Dad, D-A-D, those are guitar chords. So instead of wearing some fancy clothes, I thought I'd impress you with my uh, knowledge of my shirt, which says that I am the world's greatest dad. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Just teasing. I actually asked for this shirt, um, so it wasn't freely given to me. I asked for it for a, a Christmas present. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want a shirt like this, see Jerry's Guitar Tees. Woo! Jerry Demink designed this shirt, and I love it. So um, the India team is on their way back. I got a text last night from Pastor John. Uh, they were in Qatar. I think that's how you pronounce it, like guitar, but Qatar. Um, and so I want to read this email that I got. It says, friends, our hearts are full. This week did not go as planned. Nevertheless, we have had an amazing time. We ask you to pray that our time in Bangalore would be well used and fruitful. God answered. We've had the opportunity to minister in many homes, as well as train two additional churches in evangelism and discipleship. Despite moving to new areas twice over the course of the week, 262 people heard the gospel. 164 people made professions of faith. Woo! And Discovery Bible study groups were started in 12 houses of peace. So God willing, these will grow into churches. I think it's safe to say that each person on our team has been deeply impacted. We've seen God do incredible things, all the while serving alongside national partners whose commitment to the Lord is nothing short of astounding. We have been blessed. And she spelled it out with every single letter, blessed. We will be leaving for the airport in just a few hours. About midnight, our flight takes off at 3.45 a.m., and I heard they're going to be back sometime around 5 this afternoon, so keep praying for their flights. Uh, we have had a great week, though. Um, thanks for praying for us. You'll meet in heaven those whose lives you've touched there's no, uh, till there's no place left, Stephanie. So I think that is awesome. That is just awesome. And I'm glad to be a part of a church that believes in worldwide missions. I tell you what, there are some churches that their budget for missions is so minuscule you couldn't even find it if you looked on their budget. Uh, this church gives uh, between 15 to 20 percent to worldwide missions. It's just awesome, and I'm thankful for that. So um, when you honor God's people all around the, around the world, God honors your church. Amen. Uh, well, I want to start off by, uh, first of all, telling you that we're going to talk about how to honor your father today. Uh, I looked online, and you know what? I couldn't find a, a message that people have preached on how to honor your father. I found plenty on how to honor your mother, and maybe there are some on how to honor a father, but, you know, uh, it's important that we know how to honor our fathers, and there's going to be a little bit of audience participation later, but one thing that's great also about this church is that you'll never hear the cats in the cradle on Father's Day here at this church. You'll never hear that song. That's great. You'll never hear the three steps on how you can be a better father. You won't hear that here. Uh, you're not going to be compared to Homer Simpson. Okay? You won't be compared to Al Bundy, to Walter White, to Peter Griffin from The Family Guy. You won't be compared to, uh, to these guys because in our society, there is uh, just this idea that dads are these slouches that just sit around on the couch, drink beer, and do nothing else. But we know that that's because, you know, we've already spent time working hard, building stuff for our kids, teaching our kids, and doing all the things that great fathers do. So this idea that a father is just somebody that just sits around and does nothing uh, while the mother does everything is, 
is just a skewed thing of society. We're not going to have that here. Amen? Amen. Our fathers at this place are good fathers. They're great fathers. They love their kids. They, they minister to their kids. They love their wives. And uh, I'm just proud to be a part of a house that believes in the fathers as being a strong part of the household. And so even if you are uh, a single mother, you know what? Um, this house is a helping house. We have uh, people that are willing to help and go the extra mile and help you if you need help. So I want you to know that uh, there's a lot of surrogate fathers in this house that will come alongside and help you today. So uh, yesterday I was thinking about some things that I never expected to say as a father. One of the things was unlock the dog cage and let your brother out. Stop shooting your sister in the face with the laser gun. Never expected to say that. Please don't reach in your pants to see if there's poop in there. And that's just stuff that I said yesterday. And I'm sure a lot of the fathers in this house would probably agree with me that there's a lot of things you never expected to say as a father. But, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty funny. And uh, speaking of fathers, I have another video. I mean... You guys are getting doubly blessed. We have two videos on a Sunday morning. It's just awesome. This is, this is probably one of my favorite Father Day rap songs that I've ever heard. The number one one. So go ahead and roll that video. <laughs> this is Dad Life. It's how we live 24-7, 365. Check me. Gas station glasses, don't care what the masses Think about me with my sweet goatee I'm rocking my Dockers with a cuff and a crease I got that St. John's Bay and a clip for my piece I look nice, I got dozens of dollars and that's right It goes straight to my daughters and my wife I'm a miracle dad, making magic with the checkbook is the talent I have I roll hard in the yard with a 60 inch cut Zero turn radius, my neighbors say, what? They be driving by, peeping my landscape. Yo, these greens, got nothing on my manscape. Hydrangeas, begonias, crepe myrtles, ornamental turtles. Hold up, is that a weed in my fescue? Oh no, round up to the rest. It's the dad life, it's the dad life. Take my daughter to the party. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. Shooting vids of the kids. It's the dad life. Roll up to the splash pad. 10 a.m. My whole entourage hops out the minivan. We splishy splashy for an hour or two. Then it's back to the house. Prepping for the barbecue. Brats, dolls, racker ribs, whatever. Get me on the Weaver, man. Nobody does it better. Call me Lord of the Grill. I'm king of the coals. Nana secret recipe. You know how I roll. 1080p, 16 by 9. I'm rocking man cave status with a screen like mine. Keep your peanut butter hands off my 50 inch physio. Pop up the corn, roll the Disney video. We got Aladdin, Jasmine, Abu, the genie. Hey. With kids like mine, everybody wants to be me. Sing a night song and then it's off to bed. This is the dad life, no more to be said. It's the dad life, hey. it's the dad life. 
Hit the mall, coaching ball. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. Playing rough, fixing stuff. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. Yeah, you know how we do it. It's the dad life. Getting into the message, I want to start off with a question. Do dads deserve honor? Do dads deserve honor? So, you know, a lot of us had great dads. My dad was fantastic. I had a great example of a father growing up. My dad was uh, awesome. He worked hard. He provided for our family. He took us on camping trips. You know, he did all the stuff that a dad does. Uh, He wasn't really into sports, which is hilarious. He just did not care about sports. But even so, he, I was in the swim team. I was actually pretty good. I was really thin back then. And so I, I used to swim a lot. And he would come to all the swim meets and sit there for hours and watch, watch me. You know, when you're at a swim meet, it's a four-hour thing, and you swim for about three minutes. So, you know, he would sit there and wait for my three minutes of swimming time and, and do all the things that dads do. And he was just an awesome example of a father. But I don't want to leave anybody out this morning. Maybe you're here, and maybe you didn't have a great example of a father. Maybe you didn't know your father. I've got something for everybody, and I want to talk about, do fathers deserve honor? But let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll look at verses 1 through 3 in the Amplified Bible. And I have to talk a little louder because it's amplified. (laughs) Never mind. The start of the dad jokes begins. All right. Uh. Ephesians 6, verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. For this is right, for obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline, honor, esteem, value is precious, your father and your mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may have a long life on the earth. And, you know, this wasn't written just to Christian parents or just to people with Christian parents. This was written to everybody. We'll see that in a minute. But I want you to know that Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And so we have this passage that we just read. We also have in Exodus chapter 20. And we also have in Deuteronomy chapter 5 the same, the same verse that talks about honoring your parents, that it may go well with you, that you may live a long time on the earth. So um, since we're talking about this uh, you know, wouldn't it make sense that, you know, that honor, when you honor somebody, it extends your life and it gives blessings to you. So it wouldn't really matter whether or not the person deserved the honor. It matters that we give the honor. That's what the verse is talking about. The verse doesn't just say honor them if they're honorable. The, The verse doesn't just say honor them when they are good to you. When they give you money, when they're, they give you piggyback rides, when they do everything perfect for you, it says to honor them. And then if you do that, this is the promise that it will go well with you and you'll live a long time on the earth. So the promise is if we do the honor. So really, do, if dads deserve honor, it's because the Bible tells us to honor them. It's what, it doesn't really matter whether or not they're honorable. The honor part is on us, not on them. 
And so we have to understand that if we're going to honor somebody, what does it mean to honor? We're going to talk about that in just a second. But the honor part is on us. That is where uh, the subject is, is children, obey your parents. And it's not just when you're, you know, five years old. It's not just when you're 10 years old. It's not just when you're 20 years old. It's when you're 30, 40, 50, 60. The honor extends. It never tells us to stop honoring our, our parents. And so it's not just for kids. Even though it says children, uh, I'm pretty sure that nobody in here uh, grew up and there was never a father involved in the process of you being born. I'm pretty sure that nobody was an immaculate conception. There was only one that we read about, and that's Jesus Christ, right? So we all at one point had a father, whether we knew him or not, whether he was a part of our life or not. And so we all had a father that, um, that was a part of the process. So there is somebody that we can honor that is a father. Now, it's a lot easier to talk about honor when you had a great experience than it is when you had a, a terrible experience. And I understand that. But here's what I want to say. If you can't find anything honorable about the person, just honor the fact that they brought you into the world. Honor the fact that you have a life because of that person. Honor the fact that you have the ability to live your life and to be honorable to your kids and to be an honorable person. You can honor that fact. And so what I want to say is that we have to realize that we, we have a responsibility to do something because the Bible tells us to do it. Not because it's easy. Not because it's always fun. Because I want to, I want to tell you, as great as my dad was, he had flaws. Oh my goodness. And so do you. And so do all of us. We have flaws. Sometimes he would get mad for no reason. Sometimes he would tell me to do stuff, and I didn't understand why he told me to do it. It was not always easy to honor my father. It's still not always easy to honor my father. He still may tell me something that I don't agree with. But if I am reading the Bible, and if I'm listening to the Word of God, then I understand that the honor that I give him is on me. It's my choice. It's my decision to give him the honor. And then it's God's decision to give me a promise and a blessing based on the honor that I give, not based on the other person. That's the same thing with the free gift we get from God. Just because we didn't maybe have exactly the perfect person growing up showing us what the love of the Father is, we do have a perfect God who perfectly loves us and freely gives us salvation, and all we have to do is ask Him for it. And so it's a promise, and it's the same kind of promise that you get when you honor your parents. The promise is, is that it will go well with you, and you'll live a long time on the earth. So um, I want to take a, a little break on the serious part, okay? And I want to tell you a few puns, dad puns, in honor of Father's Day, okay? So these are, these are going to be very groan-worthy. These are going to be awesome. Um, did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. <laughs> when does a dad joke, what does a joke become a dad joke? When the punchline becomes apparent. <laughs> I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's, it's uh, impossible to put down. <laughs> Why did the scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. <laughs> Why did the coffee go to the police? It got mugged. 
I'm thinking about going on an almond diet, but that's just nuts. (laughs) Why do melons have weddings? Because they cantaloupe. (laughs) What do you call a horse that moves around a lot? He's unstable. (laughs) Hey, do you want to hear a joke about construction? Uh, I'm still working on it. (laughs) Oh, they get better. They get better. What do you call some, someone with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. <laughs> what did the ocean say to the shore? Nothing, it just waved. <laughs> I wouldn't buy anything with Velcro, it's a complete ripoff. <laughs> How does Darth Vader like his, his toast? On the dark side. <laughs> How do locomotives know where they're going? Lots of training. And one more, one more, one more. Where do you learn to make ice cream? At Sunday school, of course. Thank you, thank you. There's plenty more where that came from. There's plenty more. There's a few for you to use, Sam. Um, should we honor fathers that, are, uh, that act dishonorable at times? Let's look at Genesis chapter 9 and verse 20 through 29. We're going to read this whole passage because you have to read the whole passage to understand what's going on here so we know that Noah we know that Noah built a boat right we know that Noah built a ginormous boat that took him a hundred years to build Um, and finally he got to set sail on his boat with him and his family and uh, after after he was on the boat everything around him died he came to rest on Mount Ararat and then he came down and he decided you know what, I've had enough of, uh, of this stale fruit and vegetables that I'm going to start building a vineyard. So let's look at this in verse 20. It says that Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. And then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. And then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years. So all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Now, I have read this verse many times, and I haven't really understood it. And then God kind of told me, why don't you look at this passage again and look at the stuff surrounding it? So I started studying it. And it was really interesting what God brought to my attention about this verse. First of all, why is it important that a 600-year-old naked man is in a tent in the Bible. Why does that make news in the Bible? Okay, this, this was an interesting question for me because, you know, when you start thinking about what's going on, why would this make the Bible? And so as I started reading it, I realized, you know, here's Noah. He's built himself a vineyard. He's planted some grapes. He's made it into some wine. And then he's, he's drunk quite a bit of wine. And, uh, you know, apparently... When he drinks wine, he decides, 
you know, to take off all his clothes. Uh, that's what happened to him. So here he is in his tent. And, and uh, you know, what we don't understand, though, is how close they were to the sin of Adam and Eve, okay? Because we're, we're far removed from Adam and Eve. But think about this. They didn't have a written Bible at this time, okay? Any stories that they knew about, about what God had done or things that had happened, were passed down from generation to generation through stories that they told to their kids. They didn't have Xbox. They didn't have uh, the Internet, all right? So what they did was they, when, they were had that, when they had free time, they would sit around and tell stories to one another, and they would talk about these things. So one of the biggest stories at this time would have still been, well, about the, the boat that they built and about all the things that happened up to the flood. That was a big story. But it wasn't too far removed from Adam and, and Eve. And so uh, the first thing that happened when Adam and Eve realized that they had sinned and messed up was they covered their nakedness. They covered it because they had shame. And so this was a highly shameful situation that Noah found himself in. And then we have Shem, uh, who, uh, not Shem, uh, Ham, we have Ham, who goes and finds this, and instead of doing the honorable thing and covering the shame up, he goes outside the tent to tell everybody that's there. And that's when Shem and Japheth go in to cover up their father's shame. Not just his nakedness, but the shame of being naked. It was a big thing. It still is a big thing, but a lot of people, you know, don't mind the shame anymore. They've gotten past the shame. They've become callous to that, so it's not as a big a deal. But back then, this was a huge deal. And so Shem and Japheth, they decided to go in backwards to honor their father. They did it as an honorable thing. Now, let's talk about Noah for a second. Noah was an honorable man. Noah was a highly honorable man. He had done exactly what the Lord told him. He built this boat. He did you know, he was a great father to his children. He brought them all with him. They were all together. They, you know, he saved them from this giant flood that wiped off the population of the earth. And so he was able to save them. So he was a great father. Now think about this also. If he was 600 years old, Shem, Ham, and Japheth probably, you know, were in their hundreds at least. <laughs> these were not young. These were not like kids or teenagers these were guys that already had because he said curse be Canaan so he at least had Canaan his son, one of his sons okay so he was at least a grandfather but more than likely he was a great 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 grandfather because you know we don't know the whole story of all the children that would have been there we only know the major parts that we need to know to see the progression of how Jesus came onto the earth that's what this part of the Bible is telling us about. And so we're not going to read all of chapter 10, but for those of you who are scholars in here, this is pretty cool because Shem was the great-grandfather of a man named Eber, and Eber is the man that we get the name Hebrews from. And so uh, Shem, because of his honor, because of his covering up of what happened, he was blessed, and he became the father of the Hebrew nation. And then from Eber, a couple... His great-great-grandson was Abraham, and then, of course, Isaac and Jacob, whose name got changed to Israel. So we got the Israelite nation coming out of the line of Shem. From Japheth, 
He became the father of the Gentile nations. And you can read all this in chapter 10. It's really interesting. I'm not going to bore you with it this morning. But, in, but we see that, that Japheth is the father of all the Gentile nations. And then we have Ham. And Ham was the father of Canaan. And Canaan's land prospered for many years. It was, it was great. Uh, but also from Canaan, we have the, the Hivites, the Jebusites. We have the Amorites. We have the Philistines. Okay, All the people that fought against the Israelites for many, many years all came from the line of Ham. So you say, well, was it just one thing that, that caused this? Was it just one uh, act where he went out? Uh, it could be, but it, it'll, it could have been a pattern in his life. It could have been a pattern of him mocking and ridiculing his father. We don't know. We don't know. We're not privy to the whole story. But we do know this, is that God blessed Shem and he blessed Japheth because they were honorable to their father. Okay, so the honor that they showed him, regardless of what Noah did, regardless of what Noah did, the honor that they showed caused blessings to come in their lives. The honor that they showed caused God to, to allow them to be the father of these huge nations that populated the earth. And it was only six, seven hundred years later when Abraham came and took Canaan's land and conquered all these people that were the descendants of Ham. And so we know that God will bless those who bless him, but he will also curse those who curse him. It's, it's biblical. It's a biblical principle. And so when God tells me to honor my father, I'm just going to honor my father. I'm not going to ask questions, okay? I'm not going to get into, uh, well, what if he's not doing this or what if he's doing that? Well, if he's telling me to do something that goes against the Bible, okay, I'm not going to do it. If he tells me to do something that goes against the word of God, I'm not going to do it. But I can still honor him even in that circumstance. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do in this instance because it goes against the word of God. I'm sorry. And that's it. But I don't have to make a mockery of my dad. I don't have to make a mockery of my father. Okay? And so we don't have to make a mockery of, of the person and still and we can still be honorable to God. And so Ham was dishonorable. We don't know exactly what happened. And the dishonor didn't really affect him much in his lifetime. Because these people grew up and these nations were built. And it may have even been after he died but when all this stuff happened. Because these guys lived a long time. Noah lived six, 950 years. Three, 350 years after the flood. 350 more years. He lived 950 years. Can you imagine living that long on the earth? I'll tell you what, I have a desire to go see Jesus. I don't want to live 950 years. And the Bible talks about in, in, uh, in Genesis chapter 6 about the days of a man shall be 120 years. I don't even, you know, if Lord, I'm okay with 80, 90, 70, whatever. <laughs> I want to go see Jesus, amen. So I'm not one of these guys that wants to live to be 120 years old. But if you are, God bless you. God bless you. Now, when you... Choose to honor your father unconditionally. There is a promise uh, given to you. It's not our responsibility to discipline our parents. It's not our responsibility to scold or to chastise our, our parents. Okay? They're, they're our fathers. That, that's the, that's their, their responsibility is to listen and learn from God on their own. 
okay? Our responsibility is that we can honor without enabling. If you have a parent that, you know, gets drunk, you don't have to buy them alcohol. That's not honoring them if they're an alcoholic. You don't have to honor them by going and helping them set up a meth lab, okay? <laughs> that's not honoring your parents. It's, you know, that's, we don't honor our parents by help enabling them to do things. But I, I would highly doubt that anybody has, or that many people in this room have parents that have meth labs. So we're probably pretty safe. But we can honor them without enabling a behavior. We can honor them without allowing uh, their behavior to affect our lives. So we could say, Dad, I love you, but I can't help you get drunk. We could say, Dad, I love you, but I can't help you do this. And you can still be honorable. You can still honor them. You can still do what the Bible says without enabling them. Another thing, we can honor other people's fathers. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 32 in the Amplified, I like, I like it in the Amplified. It says, you shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall fear your God with profound reverence. I am the Lord. So there is something to be said for honoring people that have been on the earth longer than us. You know what? Right now I'm 38 years old, and I definitely don't know as much as I will when I'm 58, but I sure know a lot more than I did when I was 18. <laughs> and so there's something to be said for life experience that you can't just get without having life experience. There are some things you just can't learn without doing them. There are things that my dad told me would happen when I had a kid that I didn't know or believe until I had a kid. And then I, I found myself saying, I told, you do it because I told you to, to do it. <laughs> I found myself saying all the things that I said, oh, I won't say that when I'm a parent. And yet I found myself saying those things. Or like, you know, sometimes I would get snapped at. And I found, find, found myself snapping at my children. And I was like, one day I just said, I got to stop doing this. Why am I doing this? This is a weird thing to do. But it's just a, it became a habit that I didn't even realize I was doing. There's things that, you know, that I've said and done that were passed down to me that maybe were passed down for generations that I had to unlearn. And then I'm sure there were things that my dad had to unlearn about from his father. So there, there are things that sometimes we're going to have to unlearn, but there are things that we can learn from other people's fathers. There are things we can learn from people that have gone before, that are older than us, that are wiser than us. There's things we can learn. So we need to learn to uh, chew the cud and spit out the, the stubble, okay? We need to learn to... Embrace things that are important to our lives and throw away things that don't matter, that don't mean anything. There are a lot of things we can learn from an older generation. There's a lot of young people that need to learn respect for their elders and it would go much better in their life. It's a biblical principle of honoring. And so it's not just our father, but other people's fathers. And so we can also honor spiritual fathers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse uh, 14, I want you to see what Paul says again. He, he says, I am not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. 
You know, there's a lot of people that teach and preach, but there's not a lot of spiritual fathers in this world. I'm so thankful once again that I go to a church where Pastor John cares about you. You know, I sent him my message, and he sent me some suggestions that were awesome that we're going to use here in just a second. And, he, and, and I could have said, well, bless God, I've already got my message. I already, I already have what I want to say. What, who is he to tell me what to preach on Sunday? <laughs> I could do that, right? And a lot of people do if you're just a preacher. But if you're a father, you care about the people that you honor, that you minister to. And I want you to know Pastor John is a spiritual father in this house. Pastor Mark is a spiritual father in this house. Okay? There's a lot of spiritual fathers in this house. But I want you to know these people labor, labor on your behalf. They work hard to, to gather messages that mean something, that will prick you to the heart, that will say something to you that will stick with you for years. And so I honor my spiritual fathers in the faith. There's only one perfect father, and that's in heaven. There's only one perfect father. So there, your father's going to let you down sometimes. Your spiritual father's going to let you down. Other people's fathers are going to let you down. But we can, we, have, we, we can have honor for the office that they stand in. You know, some people say, well, I, I don't want to go to hear that person because I don't get anything out of their messages. Well, that's because you, you go already expecting not to get anything out of the message. I, when I come to church, no matter who's preaching, it doesn't matter. I come to hear the word of God because there's always something that I can glean, that I can take home with me, that, that pricks me to the heart, that I'll take with me wherever I go. And so you, the way you honor them is by listening and by letting it soak in and letting it change you, Let it, letting the word of God change you, letting the word of God prick you to the heart. Let it do something. Let it rise up inside you. And so honoring spiritual fathers blesses you. It's a blessing for you. Honoring your father is a blessing for you. Honoring other people's fathers, blessings for you. Honoring spiritual fathers, blessings for you. Of course, a pastor, you know, Pastor John likes to hear that he's doing a good job. Of course, who wouldn't? But the blessing is on you when you honor a father, when you honor, when you bring honor. So I've done a lot of talking about who we honor. I've done a lot of talking about, um, you know, the things that we can do, how to honor somebody that maybe isn't always honorable. But now I want to hear from the audience. I want to hear some audience participation. What are some things we can actually do, practical things that we can do to honor our fathers, that we can say, do? What, what can we do to honor our father? Shout them out. How do we honor our father? Ask, ask their advice. Absolutely. That's great. Ask their advice. That's honoring them. Huh? Time? Spend time with them. Yes. Listen to them. Thank him for working hard. These are all great. Don't pick on them. That's excellent. That is excellent. Don't pick on your father. A little... That's great. I'm, I'm only repeating this so that everybody hears and it's on the recording. Tell them how their life shaped you for the better. That's great. Write them a tribute. That's excellent. How, how about honoring somebody that is no longer with you? That, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Writing a tribute. You can still honor them after they've passed away. 
Yeah, absolutely. Forgive them. Oh, that's awesome. Gifts, yes. Dads love gifts. We, we just saw that this morning. Right, when you do something with them that they like to do that you don't necessarily want to do. Like go to ballet, right? Because all guys like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's lots of ways. We're finding lots of ways. How about pray for them? Pray for your dad. You know, if you want to change something, let's stop and pray for, for that person. That's a good one. Any other ideas? Oh, that's great. Pass on the lessons to your kids that they've taught you. That's a, what, what better way to honor somebody than to retell the things that they've told you that are, that are stuck with you, that helped you through all the years, right? So there's a lot of good things we've heard this morning. Um, I, I want to I close with this, and I might be closing early, I know. But, you know, it's Father's Day. You've got to beat the crowds to uh, whatever restaurant the guys like, right? <laughs> got to go shop for, at Home Depot, some of you. Um, so my closing thoughts are really simple. Do you, you have those, right? Here's my closing thoughts. First of all, don't be a ham. Just, just don't be a ham, okay? <laughs> ham was the dishonorable guy, right? Don't be a ham. I, I don't, I'm kind of like Jack Handy. I don't have, my thoughts are not deep, okay? They're pretty, for some of you uh, SNL fans, you'll get that. My closing thoughts are don't be a ham, okay? Honor is simply showing respect. It's very simple, right? All the things that you guys said show respect to your fathers. Um, when you honor your father, you honor God. When you honor your father, you honor God. It's as simple as that. These are not difficult truths. I, I don't want to preach a sermon that's hard to hear or that's difficult. I want to preach something that you will take home and you'll say, oh yeah, that's something important. Honor brings blessings and long life. And then I have another one that I thought of this morning, and I'm going to blame this on, let's say, one of my redneck neighbors um, from years ago when I lived in Missouri. Sorry if you live in Missouri. Don't be so dadgum hard on yourself. All right? This is real deep. Okay? If you're a father or if you're a child, if you're a father or you're a child, don't be so hard on yourself. Maybe you said some things to your father that you regret. Just clear it up. Just say, I'm sorry, Dad. If they're not here, just apologize. Okay? If you're a dad and you feel like you've messed up, you've done something so terrible that your kids will never forgive you, stop it. Don't be so hard on yourself. Just a quick call and say, I'm sorry. It'll clear a lot of things up, I promise. So... That, you know, you can write that down. Don't be so dadgum hard on yourself. Dad, and dad is in gum, so it, <laughs> Father's Day, it works, right? So anyway, without further ado, thank you guys. God bless you. God bless all the fathers in the house today. Okay, we're going we're gonna to open up the... Um the front here for prayer, for time of prayer. So if you have any sickness in your body or any ailment, anything that's ailing you, we're going to do that in just a second here. But during the message, I really felt like um, God wanted to do something uh, with forgiveness. And we're talking about honor. We're talking about honoring our fathers and stuff. But a lot of us feel like, I don't feel like I can do that because of this. I don't feel like I can do that because of this. And you touched on that, you know. 
So I think what might need to start, uh, where we might need to start for some of you, maybe a lot of you, I don't know, is forgiveness. And he may not deserve it, but that is where, that's what's going to open up. I feel like there's going to be a clearing out, what, what Jesse was talking about, is when we start with forgiveness. I remember when I was probably about 18 or 19 years old, I had a lot of anger towards my dad for just how he used to think that, used to call me lazy, you know, used to, he wasn't there. My parents were divorced when I was eight. And so the present, his presence in my life wasn't really like the emotional person, you know, the guy that I can lean on and for advice. It was kind of like just do, do, do. So it was kind of a, a weird, strained relationship there. So unforgiveness was there. And I got to a point where I started asking the Lord, I, I, need, I need to pursue a relationship. I stepped down from leading worship at my church in Connecticut, and I said, I'm pursuing this relationship with my dad to find out his side of the story and see what's going on, because he's broken. He grew up in a house where it was broken, too, and he, had, he can't give what he didn't receive, so I learned that, and so from then on, God just did something in my heart where it's like, there's, there's really, like, nothing to forgive, <laughs> you know, and forgiveness set me free. Forgiveness set me free, and then it became easier for me to honor my dad. Some of you may need to do that this morning, and we're going to open that up to come down. We could even stand to our feet, but I think Mark wants to add something here on that. Yeah, I had a thought, and um, I didn't have a great father experience either, and I made a vow when I was, I don't know, maybe 18 or 19, I will never be like my father. And that carried on for a number of years, well, quite a few years, actually. And I was always holding my father in some measure of disrespect. And the Lord spoke to me one time, and he said, tell me, tell me what you don't like about your father. And I started listing his characteristics, like temper. And uh, domineering. Uh, temper and domineering were two big ones. And then the Lord said, what's the... He said, temper and domineering are perversions of a gift that I gave your father. A characteristic that I gave your father. What are those good things I gave your father that temper and domineering are a perversion of? And I thought about it, and I thought, well, passion is the good thing that my father turned into temper. And leadership is the good thing that my father turned into dominance. And as I began to think about everything I didn't like about him that hurt me, I realized they were all perversions of a characteristic that God intended for my father to exercise for my benefit. Now, here's the real kicker. As I realized that, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you have not been able to receive those things into yourself because you have judged them and rejected them in your father. 
You rejected his perversion of these good things. You rejected his sin. But you also rejected the good that I designed to flow through him into your character. And I started to realize the weaknesses I was dealing with in my leadership were the, were the, were the things I had rejected from my father. And that made it really easy to begin forgiveness. So some of you, if you'll just think about it for a moment, what are these things I've rejected in my father? What is the positive that God intended for you to receive? And you can begin to welcome the gift of those things that come through your bloodline, that come from your father. And that may help you to, to forgive and to see the blessing that God had designed for you from your father. So some of you are sitting here this morning and you're thinking, I don't know that God cares about some of the little things in my life. I'm not sure. My father didn't really care about some of those small things. And God gave me a couple words of knowledge this morning. As you come down for prayer, there are a couple things that I feel like he is saying to some of you. And so I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to share what I feel God spoke to my heart. And if it's you, when it, the prayer team is down here in a few minutes, um, God is trying to show you that he cares about those little things. He's he wants to reveal himself to you as a good father, and he wants to bring healing to your body this morning as well. He's going to heal emotions this morning. He's going to heal mindsets and, and shift some paradigms for you this morning. But some of you, he wants to touch physically. And so if this morning, when the prayer team is down here in a minute, if you are experiencing any um, issues with your fingers, I just saw fingers going like this, and uh, it, I, I almost feel like they're numb in a way. Uh, so is there someone here this morning who is having issues with their hand, their fingers, numbness? Okay, in the back. So uh, God is wanting to heal that this morning. I also um, got an image of an ear, and behind your ear there might be some sort of um, lump or cyst. Um, I also, there was two pictures actually of the ear. Uh, one dealing with something that was behind your ear, the other dealing with something internally, maybe um, some ringing or uh, a clogging, clogged ear or some deafness or something like that. Is there someone here this morning with something going on with your ear, either externally or internally? Okay, so very good. So this morning when the prayer team is down, please come forward because God wants to bring healing. Awesome. Yeah, prayer teams, if you could come down. I'd love to pray with you too on this forgiveness thing as well, if that's you. Um, prayer teams, if you could, that'd be awesome. And the rest of you guys, if, if you don't want to come down for prayer, that's okay. You have a blessed Father's Day. Thanks for joining us today and for coming to the gathering place. We hope to see you next week. You guys have a blessed day.
in grace and mercy there's nowhere we can hide from your love you are steadfast never failing you are faithful oh creation is in all who you are you the healer of the sick and the broken for every heart that mourns, our King and our Savior. 